in the history of life on the earth, 50 to 70 years are like a blink of an eye. I am talking about the digital revolution taking place in our lives. The revolution began just around the time of India's independence from the British Raj. As per the trend in the world, the industrial revolution took place in the Western world. The effect of this slowly trickled in India. But digital revolution does not allow the luxury of slowly changing our way of living. The changes have started happening at the breakneck speed. The changes happening in the digital world initially took three to four years to arrive in India. That period is slowly reducing. Now changes have begun to co-occur in the countries that can keep pace with change. The use of WhatsApp and usage of UPI are a couple of examples showing that India is way ahead of all the countries in the world. Duck taking to the water is terminology that comes to mind when we see how Indians have embraced some technologies. But this brings out fear. It is fear of the unknown or not understanding certain things nuances. The criminal procedure, identification, bill, passed in Parliament last week, makes it compulsory for those arrested or detained to share sensitive data, like iris and retina scans. The police can retain this data for up to 75 years. The bill will now be sent to the president for his assent. One of the biggest concerns is that it hands over too much personal data to the state. India does not have data protection laws, so critics say this is akin to giving the government a dangerous snooping weapon, one it could wield against dissenters. The depth of the data collected is grave, and the bill lacks any safeguards to prevent the random collection or the misuse of data, the potential for abuse is extreme, say experts. We as a society do not understand the meaning of these changes. I am sure that there must be some lacunae in the enacted law. Those creating the law feel that nothing is wrong with collecting iris and retina scans. But those against it call it a draconian law. They say that India is being pushed in the direction of dictatorship. People's definitions of freedom are different. They do not mind sharing their data, including their honeymoon photographs, on FB or Insta. But when the government asks for specific data, it becomes an attack on freedom. Both the government's view and those opposing it are at the end of the spectrum. In a democracy, there is always a midway solution. We praise the social security number in the US system as a fantastic way of making life simple. Anything and everything asks your SSN, and you are identified in a zippy. Wow, terrific, and wonderful these adjectives are used to praise the system. But when ADAR details are asked, the system becomes unhealthy and draconian. Why the difference? As long as someone else is being tracked, everything is hunky-dory? Critics add that the proposed law runs counter to India's constitution and a landmark 2017 Supreme Court ruling, protecting a citizen's right to privacy. In 547-page order, the top court had unflinchingly declared privacy as the constitutional core of human dignity and said that state surveillance must be proportionate and justifiable. India's current prison law, the Identification of Prisoners Act, 1920, allows the police to collect only photographs, fingerprints and footprint impressions. But it limits to those convicted who are out on bail or are charged with offenses punishable with rigorous imprisonment of at least one year. However, the new law massively expands its ambit to include other sensitive information such as fingerprints, retina scans, behavioral attributes, like signatures and handwriting, and different biological samples. It does not specify what these biological samples are, but experts say it likely implies the collection of DNA and blood. The police currently require a warrant to collect these samples. The conflict in the mind of people begins with a statement, can our government manage this? If the governments of the world can manage this, why will our government fail? What is our experience with the visa process of the US government? Once during an interview for my US visa, I was asked why I was traveling alone to my son? I told them, it is our family decision, 
and it has nothing to do with the U.S. government. If something similar is asked in our government process, it becomes a dictatorship. When any process is being created, there must be discussions. There are pros and cons which need to be discussed. Should his biological data be captured if a person is detained for a minor civil liberty infringement, or the data be captured if a person is acquitted for lack of evidence? Should the data be captured if a person is likely to go to jail for more than one year as a punishment? Many such questions need to be resolved before the law is implemented. In fact, the new law overrides the law enacted in the year 1920. Though technology is available, should we remain backwards and allow benefits to those who break the law with impunity? The problem with our society is that we are used to a weak government that would let things be in limbo. Kashmir is a classic case of weak governance and creating an atmosphere that suited certain families in Kashmir. When the government enacted the abrogation of Article 370, some liberals were opposed to the dictator government for acting on a 70-year-old problem. They were okay with Pakistan doing a Pulawama or Bombay attack or Yuri. Liberals always wanted an action from the government. They did not care what Pakistan was doing on and inside our borders. On one side, those opposing this bill say that there is nothing wrong with using modern technology to fight criminals. Why is this group not joining hands with the government to find an amicable and just solution to the problem? But then the DNA of some people always opposes anything being tried by governments. My suggestion to them is why not look in the mirror instead of fighting anything and everything?